hunting, fishing, TV. What's a girl to do? If your name's Mandy Urich, all of it. She's next on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, it's been too long. It's been like three weeks, and uh, Mandy Urich does so many things that uh, it's probably going to take us about 45 minutes to an hour just to get through everything she's been doing the last few weeks. Right? Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah, I don't feel like it's been a, you know quite a while. Well, it's it's uh, kind of getting into that time of year where you know some people are sliding out of the lakes and into the woods. Some people are trying to do both. Uh, the hardcore anglers are taking advantage of the fact that a lot of people are sliding out of the lakes. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Oh, I, I agree. And I, unfortunately, I am that person that is trying to do both. <laughs> uh, most people, you know, they say, oh, we love spring, we love summer. Uh-uh, fall. Fall is where it's at. It's a teeny, tiny, short little window, but it's we got hunting season. We got the best bites there is for, for fishing. It's just like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know, squirrel. Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, squirrel. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, we got great fishing. Uh, bear season's now underway. We had some. We have an early teal and goose season. Uh, we've got uh, that we have never had before. Um, yeah, there's just uh, and, and of course getting ready for uh, fall archery season for for deer. It's just crazy. Correct. Yeah, there, there's so many things to do, and I think I, especially after this summer with it being so hot and so windy, and we're finally getting some relief with some beautiful temperatures. We already got some fall colors going. Uh, just being outside as much as possible. But how cool is that? But literally, there are so many things to do right now. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's start with um, some fishing. Uh, we've seen air temps go way down to a much more tolerable level. Uh, I'm hearing water temps are going down as well. Uh, but are we into a fall bite yet, or are we just getting there? We are just getting there right now uh and that can tip pretty quickly depending on you know how cool it continues to get with those overnights um but we're almost there and the, the cool part about that is it's everything puts the feed bag on right mm-hmm. i mean it's just one of those times of year that i don't i, don't, I get so excited i just i'm just like oh i live for like i've, I've bought a three-week window for for fall bass fishing and then I actually switch gears. I, I go to my walleye fishing and I, I, you know, I do that for a couple of weeks and then, you know, maybe a week or so of, of musky fishing, but, uh, full bass tactics right now. There's a big switch, right? Like our water temps have been super warm. Those fish have just not been happy. We've had to, you know, really slow down, throw some smaller baits, finesse them, uh-uh. throw that all out the window. As these water temps start to drop. Um, those fish are going to become more active, right? They want to put on as much weight as they possibly can before winter time. So you can really smash out some, some big bites. Uh, the fish are going to school up. Uh, favorite bait, bug bait, chatter bait, big spinner bait, a big jig. And when I say a big jig, I mean like a three quarter to an ounce jig, uh, jerk baits and shallow cranks. That's, that's what I have in my boat this time of year. Um, you're going to be focusing as that water temp drops. Those fish are actually going to move up on those flats, some of those shallower flats, um, and they become fairly easy. So get out there, and I call them your search and destroys, right? Anything that you can you can cast and retrieve, find those fish. Get out there with a big spinnerbait. And I mean a spinnerbait that you'd look at in a store and be like, 
mm, I think they make that for pike, throw that for bass. Okay. Get that bait out there, let it fall, retrieve it slowly, and once you find that school, you can either sit on them and continue to throw spinner baits or uh, chatter baits, or you can switch over and go to big jigs. That is the bite that I wait for all year long, is sitting there with a big jig, and you feel that bite, and when they bite, it's not a tick this time of year. It's a, It knocks slack in, in, in the line, and you just go, yes, yes. <laughs> all season, I've been waiting for that kind of bite. <laughs> uh, is there a magic water temp for you that says, okay, it's time, fall's going? Uh, it, it depends, right? Um, it depends on what kind of body of water you're on. Um, if it's a river or if it's a lake, uh, it, it, it's a little iffy there. Uh, the, the river's already, we're, we're starting to see a, a fall bite pattern on there. I think we're, I like it when it gets into that 60s. When we, when we hit into that, that high high to mid 60s or even a little bit into, you know, 60, let's say 64 through 67, something like that, that's, that's a tr- trigger for me that the fall pattern's here uh, and really start beating it up. Because once those water temps actually drop too low, then we have to switch our patterns again um, based on those water temps, which are much different patterns than what we're going to be throwing next, you know, for the next hopefully four weeks. <laughs> And uh, what about walleyes? Where what, where were we going to find them? What are you going to throw at them? Oh, well, it's funny that you asked that. <laughs> um, this is a great time of a year with the you know the walleyes haven't pushed out super deep. They're still fairly shallow. Uh, they're chasing those bait fish in anywhere from you know eight to sixteen feet of water. Get out your crankbaits. You control them. You can cast them. Um, I like to live rig this time of year. Uh, you can't you can't ever go wrong with a Lindy rig. It really is a, a go-to for me. Um, but yeah, they're they're still shallow, which is, is nice. Um, it makes it you know fun for for catch and release fishing. But they're going to start pushing out here. You know, in, in October we see them really start to push out, and that's anywhere to twenty to thirty feet of water kind of a deal. But as of right now, they're they're still sitting fairly shallow. It's been a little dicey here for live bait. What's your situation down there? Uh, yeah, not much better, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better be ready to, uh, to to travel far, you know, to pick them up. And when I do, I buy in bulk. I actually have, a, a, a like, a big live ball system that's set up in my shop that has constant um, fresh water filtering through it so that when I do, you know, I'm able to, you know, pick up red tails or creek chubs or something like that, but... Um, I can have them on hand for for a week plus. You know, feed them and keep them alive just fine. Because yeah, if you got to run back and forth, you know, fifteen to twenty miles to to get bait, sometimes it's huh. not real convenient. <laughs> no, not real convenient at all. Um, we've had a decent amount of rain here the last few weeks up in the Bemidji area. What about your area? Have you seen some rain? And is it making any dent at all in the situation? <laughs> we have seen some rain. We actually just got some. Uh, the last night, but uh, no, it's not. I mean, I think it, it, it slowed the progression a little bit. We saw trees already going into like severe drought conditions, like the leaves were turning weeks ago, and mm-hmm. not because of the temperatures, it was because of you know, the drought shock. Um, things are green, they look good here, but we are so low still. I don't know what's going to happen or how we're ever going to make up that amount of water that our lakes need to be back 
you know, where they should be. It, it's just, it, it's unfathomable still to like go out and look. And there's some lakes right now that people have pontoon on their, on their lifts and they can't get them off. Like they're going to have to literally wait until freeze up to be mm. able to get, you know, to see something where these lifts are standing dry. It, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it, we always want to, you know, good snowfall, but if you're hardcore ice angler like myself, uh, it, it can be a, a double-edged sword there. Um, we get snow too early without getting good ice, so then our ice is kind of mucked up for the, for the whole season, and it's not real fun trying to, you know, yep. drill through 40 inches of snow on, on cruddy ice. And at the same time, too, you know, we get a bunch of snow, especially after a summer like this when our lakes are really low we're going to get late kills. That, yep. that, the deep snow is going to block out the sun. What little vegetation we have left in those lakes is going to die off, and it's going to kill a fish. So I don't know. I hate to say I want a wet fall, but I kind of want a wet fall. <laughs> well, I mean, we basically need uh, a lot of wet. We just do. There's not, Whether we like it or not, we need it bad. Correct. And, you know, things are still green here, and there's always that concern, right? Yeah. I mean, fall is fire danger as it is, but when we go into a fall, you know, this dry, and we're already been battling for how many weeks now with fires across the state, mm. I can't imagine what that fire danger is going to do in the next month or so. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Well, let's talk a little hunting. Um, did you hear from anybody who was taking advantage of those uh, those early those new early seasons we have? Oh, yeah, <laughs> which I didn't know. I didn't you know, really know how that's going to go down with uh, that early teal season. I've been fortunate enough. Uh, I used to go down to Texas for their early teal season, okay. which was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, it's neat to, to hear people get out for the first time and, and be able to experience that here in Minnesota. Obviously, early goose season, everybody loves it. I had some buddies that smashed them up pretty good this past weekend. So that's always exciting to hear. And <clears throat> I'd like to get out myself here, but <laughs> there's, there's only so many hours in the day, and I kind of got to pick and choose right now. I've been going hard at it. You know, I got my food plots planted just in time before all this rain hit here, which was great. Uh, they're looking good, getting cameras up, getting stands put up, getting things moved around. So, yeah, and then there's fishing. So I'm just like, ah, and I got to go to work. This whole get, going to work thing is really getting in the way. You know, it gets in the way of a lot of people's outdoor activities i've noticed <laughs> but it's but, here and i yeah. yeah and i enjoy it you know and this this time of year too is always super super busy um i donate a bunch of trips you know throughout the year to nonprofit plus you know for guiding plus i still guide i just don't advertise it because <laughs> what little free time i have i like to be able to pick and choose what i want to do sure but yeah, it's it's crazy right now, and the fishing's going to be awesome, and a lot of people know that, and that's why they want to book a bunch of trips here uh, to get out on the waters and, you know, be able to beat up some big fish and have big fish numbers. Much, much more to come with Mandy Eric. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. 
with over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Mandy Urich, my guest today. And Mandy, I was talking to one of my uh, sporting goods guys uh, uh, last week, and, and he said it's a challenge, of course, to get uh, to get ammo. And I'm looking at now these early seasons this year of all years, uh, maybe more ammo being used. It it could get tough once we get close to uh, ri- uh, rifle season, and, unless uh, things change in the supply chain. Well. <laughs> All they can say is the people who used to look at us and call us hoarders are now coming to us saying, can we buy? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, we've been hearing it now for, for, for quite a while. And I know that it's really changed how some people have, have done things realistically. Like, I mean, what did trap leagues for a, for a long time? I mean, there was guys going all over the place to try and find, you know, a couple of cases to, so they could do trap leagues some trap leagues didn't even you know they cut down on the amount of rounds that they did kind of a deal but yeah going in into season right now <clears throat> I, w- I wouldn't be spraying and praying i'd be pretty picky about what i'm shooting out there <laughs> pretty pretty good idea yeah no kidding um what have you heard from the bear hunters it we called it you know everybody was saying this was going to be a bumper year for bear hunting because of the drought, the lack of berries, the lack of forage. And so far, it's it's been just that. It's been a, a bang-out season already. We're only, like, nine, ten days, eight days, nine days in right now. Um, and people are being really, really successful. So when you got to wait, I guess, for a, for a quota zone for, you know, five years to get a license, I'm happy that, you know, the people that were able to draw tags this year uh, are being successful. I was hoping this was my year four, so hopefully next year I'll be able to hunt in my backyard <laughs> and not have to go all the way up to the northwest for, uh, to hunt the no quota zone up there. But yeah, so far so good, which is is exciting. Facebook's been been flooded with lots and lots of bear pictures. Yeah, I'm going to hear uh, talk with Matt Brewer a little bit later on this week, and uh, I, I saw some uh, you know social posts for his this past week, and uh, he was making a lot of his uh, his. Um, guidees very happy so uh it sounds like yeah oh yeah i saw those two matt always does an excellent job on that and yeah i think he had two three four i think that they filled out so and and you're getting ready for uh doing some archery deer hunting um same thing let's go back to the ammo situation what about on the archery side are there shortages of supplies for archers too so i haven't there hasn't been a problem so much on 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 arrows, but I did see it with broadheads, and I saw it last year. Um, I was at Cabela's, uh, I want to say last winter maybe, and there was nothing, I mean nothing in in the section for broadheads. Very, you know, if there was, it was exceptionally, exceptionally limited. So there again, wherever I've been able to, to find things, I've picked them up. If you know someone was in stock, you know, I called around my buddies and they're like, hey, you know, this place has got broadheads. Do you, you know, do you want me to pick you up some? And they're like, yep, you know. But with that, realistically, I, here again, it's like ammo for me. I, I don't let uh, I don't let too many arrows fly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, if I'm you know if I'm target shooting, then I've got I've got those 
you know, different broadheads on for that. But yeah, I, I might get nervous if uh, if I started breaking arrows right now or losing things. But I'm, I'll be good for this season. But I haven't been out lately to to look in the stores um, to see just because I've, I've got my stuff for this year. But yeah, I, I was shocked to be in that big of a store and to see the aisles basically empty which mm. was pretty shocking. <laughs> wow. Um, so, you know, the vast majority of people do the November uh, firearms deer hunt. There's uh, quite a few, but but not nearly as many, that do the archery thing earlier. What is it about archery season you like? <sighs> I guess an excuse to get out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Um, f- for many, many years, I wasn't, literally, I wasn't even able to, to get out because I was so busy guiding for fishing, and I missed that archery season. But at the same time, I made it for it on the back end. I love to muzzleload hunt. It's a, it's a little bit more for the, the extreme hunter. Like, the temperatures are obviously brutally cold, and there's a lot of snow. But uh, being able to, to kind of go back to when I was a kid, that's where I started was with archery hunting. And uh, to be able to get out there early when the weather's still nice, and everything's quiet, and that up close, right? That, that, that thing is so amazing when you can sit there and be at 10 yards and watch, you know, a doe and a fawn or when you do get lucky enough to have a big buck come out in front of you, to have that self-control, to be able to wait to take that shot, being, you know, 20 yards, 15 yards away, uh, and to be able to control your emotions, right? Like, it's one thing, people get big buckitis, you know, shooting rifles and taking a deer at 125 yards. Well, what happens when that 170 steps out and he's at, you know, 43 feet? <laughs> so, <laughs> It's, uh, it's It really is that adrenaline rush um, that's much different uh, for me personally than, than rifle hunting. But two, I've learned a lot. I've learned so much by being able to be still and watching how those deer react. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love it. Oh, I'm excited. Countdown begins. <laughs> um, so do you just do you hunt right there in the in the Brainerd area? I do. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, I've got quite a bit of, of acreage right around uh, my house that's all set up, um, and I do have two other areas that I lease um, okay. to be able to go and hunt. But how nice is that within you know minutes of my house? And yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to like point at the deer on the wall and be like, oh yeah, that one was shot by the power line, and you know that one was shot about 150 yards behind the house. <laughs> We uh, in Beltrami County are uh, experiencing restrictions and testing and all that stuff with uh, chronic wasting disease starting this year, first time for us. You guys have been through that for a few years. Uh, what is the process with that? So um, hunters, when they take their deer, um, yeah, basically you got to go into the, the wherever they've got their test. Uh, check centers at and sometimes you can just like lop the head off (laughs) and leave them Um, there's little information cards that you have to fill out with that if you know say it's a a big buck or something like that where you don't want to saw the head off or you know bring it in yourself um, they they will um, do that for you so you bring your deer in uh, they're pretty quick at this actually it's kind of a little surveillance line here that's set up they come in they take your information you tell them exactly where you shot it 
um, or took that deer via archery, then um, they'll go in and they do um, these samples. So basically they're cutting out like the lymph nodes, things like that for that. But realistically it's, it's pretty, pretty quick, pretty, pretty easy. Um, and then they will post your, um, there's a website that you can go to to check your specific number that you're given for, um, to see if your deer's uh, positive or not for CWD. Which obviously after how many years of, of testing here in the Brainerd Lakes area, we didn't have any positives. So I believe this is our last year of being within that uh, CWD surveillance zone. Yeah, and I think the Beltrami County situation is somewhat similar to the crowing situation in that the deer seem to have come from a, uh, a private farm, pretty self-contained. They're building a big fence around the area here so that, you know, they hopefully can keep any anything inside. Um, but uh, it's just... It's just something you worry about because, uh, you know, deer hunting is hugely important around here. And, you know, even if you don't deer hunt, people live up here and like to have deer come through their yards. And so a healthy population is really important to the quality of life in this in this state. Oh, I agree with that. You know, they spend a lot of money and resources on, you know, the CWD surveillance and testing. And, um, you know, it's become a big deal, obviously, down in southeastern Minnesota. But when you look at other states. Um, how it's taken over and how it's changed uh, their their herds, their populations, their genetics. Uh, it can be a scary deal. You know, we, we always hope for the best and, you know, they try and jump on things early so we can get things under control. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. We, we wish you guys the best of luck up north and hopefully you come out uh, with no positives and, you know, we can move on. Outdoors woman extraordinaire, Mandy Urick, my guest. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Mandy, I understand. Got to be a little bit tight-lipped about it, but you've got an announcement to make. Ooh. <laughs> I do. I, I can't say a whole lot right now, but... Okay. Uh, uh, I had the opportunity uh, a few years ago to film with Meat Eater. So it was really awesome. They came up here. I took them ice fishing. Uh, they had a new series at the time called the Fur Hat Ice Tour. Uh, I had a blast with those guys. I mean, it, it's for me to be this, you know, I'm just a crazy North Dakota girl <laughs> that moved to Minnesota, like to hunt and fish, and have that opportunity to, to film with Meat Eater has been phenomenal. Um, and it sounds like my 2022 season's gonna be pretty interesting. So I'm mm. locked, loaded, and signed, and I will be joining the Meat Eater crew for some adventures in 2022. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, I, you know, the hardcores all know what meat eaters are, but, uh, uh, for those who don't, what, what is it exactly? Uh, it's a group of, uh, very talented individuals, both, Hunting, fishing, trapping. Um, I think everybody knows Steve Rinell is probably the, the forefront face of that, but they have really been on the cutting edge of not only television, but writing. They have tons of, of blogs. They have, you know, just some amazing, amazing people, staff that work with them that are very talented at each their own craft. But yeah, they, they've got an amazing following. Uh, they're based out of Montana. 
but it's like every time I, time I turn around, they've stolen another big name from a company or uh, they're, they're building an outdoor empire. Let's just say that they're the, the go-to for everything hunting and fishing right now. They put out a ton of really good information um, and they put out some, you know, some pretty kick butt shows too. <laughs> yeah. I think they were up here last winter uh, at the BSU ducks unlimited uh, chapter had a, had a big deal with those guys in. And, uh, yeah, they packed that, and they sold it out in about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty awesome. Hey, and then uh, I'm going to be talking to some of these guys, but uh, a couple of your pals are making all kinds of waves in the bass world again. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> you know you know some pretty good anglers, Mandy. I mean... Well, it's a pretty small world, realistically, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There might be a lot of a lot of series, but I feel definitely very fortunate that we have some extremely extremely good anglers right here in in Minnesota. But not only in Minnesota, but at my back door that I can call friends that are some of my best friends. So yes, uh, Keith Tuma and Andy Walls lit it up. Uh, I don't want to share too much because I'm sure that's going to be one heck of an interview um, that they had. And then also uh, Adam Rasmussen uh, broke some big records. Wow! Yeah, so it, it's been uh, it's been a fantastic you know week or two for uh, championships for for fishing. And there's definitely some uh, big bags, big fish, and uh, going to be some really great big fish stories coming from them. I tell you, I just uh, it's amazing to me in the last I don't know three years how many bass anglers i'm talking to it's uh it's really catching on people are really getting into it and we're showing that we just got great fishing chops in this state doesn't matter what the species are we got people who can catch them and now we've got you know just uh state-of-the-art bass anglers and i'm talking nationwide or north america wide even uh some of the best bass anglers in, in in the in the continent are right here Oh, yeah, I agree. Look at how many Bassmaster Elite anglers that we have located out in Minnesota, you know, which is mind-blowing. You look at that, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, or longer, and it was dominated by these anglers out of the south. And now we're coming in and kind of saying, move over, boys. Uh, <laughs> just because we're from Minnesota doesn't mean we don't know how to do this. So, yeah, it's it's it's. It's super fun, especially like growing up and you know spending you know a couple decades with a lot of these guys and seeing them move all the way up to the you know the best of the best that there is, and now watching you know second generations of these kids coming up with high school fishing and being able to go to college and compete competitively and it's uh yeah we're we're going good i know I know walleye is like the Minnesota thing, but guess what <laughs> bass is gonna give it one heck of a run for its money. You know, it is. And, and and what I'm seeing is is guys, you know, I mean, who doesn't love to eat fresh walleye? You know, everybody does. and Or, or, or even, uh, you know, Sunny's Perch, whatever. So I, I see a lot of people out spending about, you know, a part of their day getting uh, stuff for the fish fry. And then they go have a blast in the afternoon catching bass in the hot water. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's and again, it's pretty cool that we can do that. Or... If you just don't even care what you catch, just hit a weed line and just catch whatever you catch. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this time of year. That might be the case. <laughs> well, without giving up any of your secret spots, I don't want any any angler guide who ever to do that. But in general, 
Uh, what are I mean? Are they all good, or are there any particular lakes in in the Brainerd Lakes area that are real good during the autumn season? Uh, I think they all, to a certain extent, are 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 decent. Right? It's all depending on what you really want to target for. I like the bigger body as a water just because it gives you so many different options. Um, the Gull Lake chains phenomenal, right? And you have you have a chance of catching you know big pike, walleye, muskie, bass. You know, there's largies and smallies in there. So I, I like that availability to be able to switch gears if I want to and go chase another species. Um, Lax has been tough. And Lax, by hands down, is my favorite fall go-to lake for big smallmouth, obviously. I'm not even going to head over there for another couple of weeks. I really want that water temp to, to drop um, before I head on over there. And, yeah, hopefully those nice... Uh, four and a half to five and a half pound smallest with the feed bag on over there um pelican pelican is also another amazing fall fishery it's got big big walleye it's got big bass largies and smallies in there um yeah those are kind of the, the few that I'll, I'll be pounding on the most i guess in the next in the next few weeks but i always love the mississippi and the mississippi's probably got another week or so i do have a tournament out there next weekend um, but when that turns on, you got giant pike, you got big bass, both largies and smallies, and it can be a ton of fun. All right. Anything else we uh, we need advice on before we head into another weekend of fishing? I mean, it's it's only Tuesday, but you know, it's just a couple days, and, and the weekend's upon us again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, get out your calendar, start penciling some time if you got if that's what you got to do to make sure that you get out because there's absolutely no excuse because there is a ton of things going on right now why someone is not outside, especially on the weekend, enjoying some kind of outdoor recreation. You guys still have uh, episodes in the can for uh, Lakeland Public uh, TV? I believe we should be about done. I think okay. we might have one or two, and then that's where we'll be done for the season. Normally we, we end uh, right around the holiday. And then we just got to put uh, uh, meat eaters in our 22 calendar and watch it and watch it and watch it until we see Mandy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, like I said, hopefully uh, I'll be able to give a little bit more details uh, the, the, the closer it gets. But, yeah, sorry, guys, you'll have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> She's Mandy Urich, great friend of Paul Bunyan Country. Mandy, always great having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. Later on this week, we'll hear from Keith Tumai. He and his partner did pretty well in the bass tournament scene recently, and Adam Rasmussen blew up the record book with an amazing tournament on Pelican Lake over by Orr. We've got all the details coming up this week, plus a bear update with Matt Brewer. That'll do it for today, though. I'm Kev Jackson reminding you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen whenever you want to and get the bonus coverage, too. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country.